Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. this episode, I get to speak with my good friend and my good brother and brother-in-law, uh, Omar Moinuddin. He's a software engineer, but he's also much more than that. He is a much more creatively connected <laughs> to his artwork than I am. I mean, the first time I saw him drawing Batman... It's like, what? You can do that? Like, yeah. And then I realized that, you know, a lot of engineers have it, it are much more creative than you would imagine because writing code is a creative process. You can get to the same point, but many different ways. Like, no two coders will write the same code. And so he's been doing lots of cool things recently. And I'm it's like, you know, we need to bring you on and, and talk with our audience because we talk a lot about hacks and hobbies and, and life journeys and and what better way to do that than on the podcast. So Omar, thanks so much for joining again. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for that uh, really nice introduction there, Janae, and, and really nice to be talking to you again. Of course. Uh, so yeah, where do you want to get started? So um, I know you've been doing a lot of different things, um, including being a parent to two kids and raising them and taking the the load as a parent. And we've had a lot of parents come on the show and talk about, you know, what it is to be a good person, what it is to be a gentleman, you know, what lessons we want to teach our kids. So go through that route and then we can go into some of the hobbies that you've, that you've taken and accomplishments uh last year you know what it took for you to get in shape and make those um spartan races happen yeah yeah so you know being a parent man it's definitely been a journey you know i, I think almost everyone when we reflect on it now you always think about the fact that it's never quite what you expect it to be you always go in with a lot of expectations about what it's going to be like to be a mom you know a mom or dad and and what it's going to be like to have kids. And then it really happens. And you're like, okay, this is nothing what I thought it was going to be like. It ends up being usually a lot more stressful, a lot more involved. Um, and at the same time, it's full of, you know, wonderful moments and, uh, and the things that you, you know, you would, uh, you, you just have to experience it, right? It's, you know, it's like the matrix. You have to, to go through the whole process mm-hmm. to appreciate all the the good and the bad. And I think the, you know, the hard part between to me these days is that, you know, my wife and I, we both are fully employed people. And on top of that, we have two girls mm-hmm. that we are trying to raise. And it, it becomes a really tough balancing act to fit in your work schedule, fit in your time that you have to spend with the kids. And then also try to carve out something for yourself, you know, to kind of keep yourself sane. Because I think that you're just only doing work and that you're just on this route to get burned out. Mm-hmm. They call it the the rat race, right? You're just racing back and forth, um, hoping something new will emerge. And uh, you just have to pull yourself out of it and, you know, do what's good for me, right? What's good for Omar? What's good for, you know, uh, Sadia? What's good for me in the sense that, you know, I, sure, I'm spending so much time and energy looking out for the well-being for my kids but what about the well-being for me you know who's gonna who's gonna look look out for that yeah and and we're living in this world now where there's so many things you know vying for our attention right i mean it's like you there's no shortage of something wanting to take you away from focusing on yourself you know whether it's uh just wasting time in my opinion you know sometimes wasting time watching too much TV or just oh God, surfing yeah. too much uh, internet or, mm-hmm. you know, spending a lot of time on Reddit or YouTube or whatever. 
And then on top of that, you're managing all this other thing. It's like, okay, you barely have any time to ask that, even ask that question. Okay. Hey, what is it that I really want to do here? You know, Mm -hmm. what is it that I want to spend this very precious time that I have on because everything else is just constantly struggling to take that away from you, you know? And, And that's a big struggle because, um, no matter what it is, right? Everything requires time watching television, watching TV, sorry, watching television, watching movies, um, scrolling through the different social media apps that we have. If they're not, if they're not providing us with a way to expand ourselves, then it's a time waster. Unless you're connecting with people, connecting with brand new people, and making a difference in their lives and they're making a difference in our lives, then it's worthwhile going that route. But then just scrolling through content, scrolling through websites, it's great. I mean, it's, it's a, sure, we do need that every once in a while because we just don't want to think anymore. We don't want to take that burden of just, you know, you just want to shut your brain down, relax, watch a funny movie, you know, laugh your head off or go to a, you know, comedy show or go to the movies and you're, you know, you're just turning that off. But then you also need a productive outlet that is giving you, like you're growing. You're not, your life is not stagnant anymore. You know, you're growing mentally, you're growing physically. And they say, you know, if you're not exercising, your body is deteriorating. And the recommended exercise that they say, you know, 30 minutes, three times a week is just to maintain what you have because maintenance requires, you know, and and it's not even like, for example, if you wanted to train for something that you're not normally doing, and that's the next topic, right? Like you have to train for your Spartan race, right? So how did that yeah, so, you know, one of the things, you know, just kind of to tie in the thing with the kids, you know, we, between the wife and I, we were really having, you know, a hard time trying to find time for ourselves. And especially when you don't have a specific focus to really drive you to want to do it, it's yeah. hard to just carve out time to go exercise, you know, and just say, I'm just wanna, gonna exercise, but just exercise for the sake of exercising. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're, you know, Arnold, and that's just all that you focus on, you know, even if you, I think even he had a goal, right? He wanted to become a bodybuilding mm-hmm. champion and so forth. And so I think this is where uh, one thing that started to happen, this is kind of something for anyone who's thinking about having kids or, or has kids, uh, young kids already, is that things do get better. And that's one thing we realized that, hey, as the kids started to get older, mm-hmm. they do, your, your time does start to free up. And that's really what gave us an opportunity to say, okay, look, we really want to get in shape, but just working out, is not giving us enough motivation. And my wife at the time, I think I've always talked about it, that I wanted to do uh, participate in one of these obstacle course racing type of events because they look mm-hmm. like fun. You know, they have, you know, you get dirty, you get a chance to kind of be a kid again. You know, you're jumping over oh, yeah. obstacles and walls and climbing ropes and stuff. So she, and I've always talked about it, but I never took the initiative to just say, okay, let's commit and do it. Uh, but I was lucky she ended up just finding something on Groupon and we ended up, you know, signing up for one of these events and then knowing that this event was coming up and kind of reading about what we needed to do that helped to really spark that fire to say, okay, we got to start dedicating some time to really try to train for this thing. And then that helped us to find some other people that were doing the same thing. And we got with this group that met a certain times, you know, during the week to, to train up. And again, uh, you know, this kind of leads to you surround yourself with other people with common goals that just helps you so much more to kind of push yourself to, to commit to something because they kind of hold you responsible a little bit. You know, people will call you out when you don't show up. It's, it's called social accountability. Right. And something that uh, I've involved myself into, right. So starting a podcast was very interesting. And uh, initially, I was just self-motivated because I was enjoying the beekeeping process and talking about them. And then I joined the Anchor community, which is all of the podcasters. And now you're listening, you're, you know, you're listening to other people's struggles, what they're doing to do their podcast. And then it kind of motivates you. And then um, the 30 days of videos challenge 
that was also, you know, a concerted effort where there's 30 people in this LinkedIn messaging group and they're all, you know, pushing each other and, and uh, cheering each other on, you know, you've got your first video, now you got your second video and then you, you get that feedback and then that feedback loop just helps you build more content and build more confidence into moving forward. Yeah, and without it, you would. It's so easy to be like, ah, oh, I'm too tired. I don't want to do this thing today, you know, and then just give into it. But here, you have these people. You know, you don't want to let them down. And I think that's yeah. a huge force that helps us to stay motivated and keep on 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 track. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how we got into the Spartan racing, and then it kind of uh, spawned from there. As far as oh, well, if we did one, let's try to do in in the Spartan Spartan racing community. Mm-hmm. The idea is that if you can complete three events during the year, mm-hmm. it's kind of considered a, 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 a very cool thing. And they call it the, the Spartan trifecta where you do the, the shortest race, which is, called, which is called the sprint, and then kind of a medium race, which is the super, and then the beast, which is the hardest one. If you can do all the three in a year, they give you a special medal and a little bit more recognition. And so again, it's that, oh, we did two of them. The beast is really hard. It's one of those events that I really did not want to do. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that we had done two of them already and, and a lot of people within our group were doing it, it kind of pushed us forward and made us, you know, commit and, and, and do it. And at the end of the day, after doing it, you're happier for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because now you've accomplished something. You've, you know, gone through that journey and now you can say, yeah, I did that. But then you keep on going and you're like, you know, next year I'm going to do four races or whatever. Right. And um, with, Cycling, when I started back in 2017 or 2016, you know, I was part of the group. I'm, I'm, I'm still am. And, and they had a Slack group and then, you know, constantly talking about, constantly, constantly talking about biking gear, biking. Yeah, this is uh, Team Velocipede, right? Team Velocipede, exactly. And then, you know, I was able to dedicate the time and actually go out and bike. And they would have, you know, weekly meetups you know we're going biking this morning and i would you know go out and do the biking so i was able to do that in 2017 and then 2018 i was i was you know really gung-ho i was like i'm going to continue doing this but then you know when you have a third child it's like all right i just can't do it anymore yeah i think it's uh then you're kind of back to square one where okay the kids take up a lot of time and you really got to just focus on that one thing that yeah. you really want to spend that free time on, you know, and yeah. then and then hopefully once the kid gets a little older, you'll recover yeah. a little bit more time, and then you can kind of go back to focusing on the cycling plus the podcast and everything else that you do. Exactly. So, um, actually, what's funny is that one of those. So last year, I did manage to get out on the bike a couple of times, and I think two of the times I recorded myself while riding the bike. So. <laughs> became the podcast on the bike episode. <laughs> right. What's funny is that, that, I mean, I was looking at the analytics, you know, you got to look at, okay, which content is getting more views because people will go and look, hey, let's look at this, uh, listen to this podcast. It sounds pretty funny. And um, I noticed like some of the ones with like low numbers and interesting comment like cycling got some some a lot of hits i was like wow people are interested in listening about cycling so maybe there could be a podcast all about cycling and um my brother-in-law is, is huge into mountain biking and single gear biking i was sure. like you're you started a he started a blog post a blog to talk about you know cycling it's like why don't you do a podcast instead <laughs> Yeah, or maybe just you guys can do a couple of episodes focusing yeah. on the equipment and all the yeah. stuff that, that's involved in the biking world. Because that's the part that, to that's be honest, just, I'm interested in. And also, it's something that I have a lot of, a big fear of in the sense that there's just so much to it. No, and sometimes you just want a little consolidated look at it, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and the fact that you've kind of went through that journey of, you know, going, okay, I want to get into this cycling business okay here's all the stuff that you kind of had to acquire to really do it at a certain level no that's a really good point that could make a good post because our good friend Adil Khan he was going into the same process when 
he wanted to buy cycling. He's like, I want to get into cycling. I need to buy a bike. And then around the same time, uh, performance uh, bicycle, they filed bankruptcy and they're like, oh, we were selling these bikes and these are only, these are the only ones that we have in stock. And, you know, I, I gave him some advice and via text. Okay. So these are like high end bikes that they were trying to get. Uh, yeah. Get yeah. Yeah. The and then some of them are, you know, just basic bikes. And he's like, you know, I don't have a huge budget. I just want to spend a low number amount. I'm not spending, I'm not looking to spend $2,000 or whatever. Right. So then he, he said, okay, these are the two bikes that, that are, that they have available. Which one should I pick? And I, I told him, you know, get, get the road bike because you're going to be riding on the road and it has better, it'll be better in the long run. But when you're getting a, a hybrid bike, then, you know, the, the wheels and the tires are sure good, but then you're only working so much. But with a road bike, you have a more, I think, more sporty feeling and, and I think you work a little harder on a road bike. You're more, you're positioned more aggressively on the bike. Right. So it's better for, from a conditioning point of view, if that's your goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a good idea, man. Thanks. Uh, yeah, make it happen. That'll be an episode that I'll definitely be listening to. That you know, just to to hear some of the inside knowledge of uh, of of basically buying a bicycle and some of the things people need to consider when they're when they're going to enter the sport. And I can actually, because I'm part of Team Velocity, I can bring on some of those guys because some of these guys, you know, they've been biking for much many more years than I have, and right. they can absolutely have an insight on it on you know this is what you want to look for and this you know these are the different brands and whatnot all right it's a good idea i mean even yeah yeah for sure okay so so yeah we uh i mean that's basically how uh the wife and i got into the spartan racing stuff and Mm -hmm. uh and you know the the best part i think to me about spartan if anybody's wanting to consider doing it yeah. Uh, is that you do have this different types of categories where you can be in a competitive group or you can kind of run it in an open group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means that, you know, when you're, uh, if you want to run in the competitive group, then they're very strict in terms of the fact that you have to complete all your obstacles. You have mm-hmm. to do them, them all on your own. And if you miss anything, then you are required to do a certain number of burpees, you know, which is that push up, jump thing. And you have to do, I think, 20-some burpees. And, and that can be pretty intimidating when someone thinks, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I'm going to have to do all this plus run this you know, 12-mile-long race or 5-mile-long race or whatever. But on the other hand, on the open group, it's kind of – it's much more relaxed and it's an opportunity for people to work together. So you can help, you know, your, if you, you and your – like my uh, – I always run it with, with Sadia. Mm-hmm. And so me and her will help each other out in the – some cases where she needs some help going over the wall i can help her with that or if she needs to help me do something she'll do that and then we it makes for a really nice opportunity for us to connect to yeah and that's another thing that i really like because you're kind of there in the moment you don't have time for social media you don't have time for distractions you're kind of both there yeah. doing this thing together you know yeah. and so you kind of have this it was really weird but in our normal daily life we have our, our conversations are always full of so many interruptions because mm-hmm. of the kids doing something or something yeah. else going on. And it was these doing these types of events created this moment where, Hey, we were just kind of both there. There was nothing else. And it was yeah. a chance to just kind of uh, be together. So I think it was really good in that aspect as well, uh, which was something I totally didn't expect when, when I was uh, uh, signing up to do it. Yeah, no, that's, you make a really good point about that because Remember when you introduced all of us to snowboarding? Right, right. And we had similar experiences because now, you know, we're just focused on learning, focusing on just staying up and going down the slope. But then um, we also, you know, social media was not huge, but then spent a lot of time and learning, having that journey, learning together. And if you noticed in the world, or in, Lately, what, what they've been having is they have these um, events like paint and wine, you know, drink and, drink and paint or something. Come together with your significant other or a friend. You go together and you do painting. Or you go together and you're, you're building some, you know, handmade objects 
out of wood and raw material. So there's a lot of things like this that are coming up that you can go. You can go to this, um, I think we saw this, basically you go to this um, commercial kitchen and they have all of these benches, metal benches, and there's an instructor and you're basically cooking something together. All right. So doing these activities, it's, it's, um, they're not hobbies, but they're activities where you get to spend time. Uh, you know, it's like going, going to a dinner or going. Yeah, it's an opportunity to do something together, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, nice. for sure. And I think we should definitely try to do more of those things. You know, even when you come visit, yeah. I think we should carve out some time to just go and, and do one of these activities, whatever it is. Exactly. Uh, because again, it's a chance to just, uh, you know, get away from these things that are always trying to grab our attention. Like you said, the apps, the social media, the, the constant light, uh, the red dot that shows up that compels you to pick up your phone and, and see what the heck it is, even if it's nothing yeah. of real value, but it just exactly. compels you like a drug, you know, yes. you gotta go check. So what's interesting about what you just mentioned, right? When we, when we do visit, we'll, you know, we'll have to carve some time out to go do that. But the one thing that absolutely annoys me is it's, I know it's an awesome gesture. Some people who invite, invite guests over for food. It's so amazing, right? They're taking the time out of their day. They're cooking food and having us come over and eat food. But it's the, the two hours before and after food <laughs> that you just sit and talk. It, right. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's not something that I want to do, you know, and maybe that's just me. Maybe, you know, other people feel the same way, but I think it's, um, I think that, I think that time could be spent more productively. Yeah. Or, and I guess sometimes what happens is it depends on the group, right? If you have uh, a mixed mash of people at a party, yeah. uh, then what happens is you don't have any real meaningful conversation with anyone. You're just yeah. doing the, Hey, how's it going? Where are you up to? What's the weather like? Whatever. And, exactly. then, and and that's it. You don't really connect. And the people you really want to have a chance to talk to, you can't because they're also busy just doing this meet and greet type of stuff. And that's exactly. kind of how your whole uh, time just gets spent. Yeah. And, and, you know, and over the years, I mean, that's one thing I've kind of realized that it's far more important to have really good, meaningful relationship with just a handful of people. Uh, that matter than knowing a thousand people, yeah. but not really having any kind of a connection with any of them, you know? Exactly. Uh, and I feel like the world we are living in today forces you to be more in the other category, which is, you know, you're in the, I mean, do you remember back in the, I mean, I don't know if that's still a case, but, you know, people still are vying for uh, likes and number of uh, connections mm -hmm. they have or mm -hmm. number of friends they have on Facebook. Yep. And that it takes precedence almost than saying, look, I got five friends, but these five friends, man, they're so really people. Yeah. That's the people that I have a, a great bond with. I love spending time with them and talking to them versus the 200 that I have no idea who they really are. I just like their pictures when they show up on my screen. Yeah. You know? so, so that's a really good point that you're mentioning. So from the marketing perspective and from the, from the perspective of people who have services, people who are offering, and, you know, classes and courses and products and services. So for their perspective, they kind of need that social proof, right? So let's say you, like, for example, you just marketed to all of my audience here about Spartan Race without knowing about it. Because what we're drawn towards, we want to talk about it. We want to talk to as many people as we can about it. And that's, that's the nature of marketing. Now, over the years, we've been told that marketing is the same as advertising, which is an absolute, you know, that had to be the case because that's the only place people were, you know, people who were just advertising. It was a false, when, you know, when they call it false advertising, well, marketing is not advertising. Marketing is much more than that. It's about connecting to people. It's about uh, you know, creating experience that uh, in turns makes them a believer, makes them a follower, makes them somebody who's passionate. Like, for example, I market about Apple products all day long, right? Sure. Yeah. I'm so passionate about it. Just like, you know, uh, I'll market 
And I'm not saying I'm marketing. I'm just being very, uh, what's that word? Um, I'm being, I'm like an evangelist about a product. Sure. And, and so the reason why people look, and sure, the majority of the reason people are looking for friends is just to show up, just to be like, oh, I have this many friends. But that mentality is kind of going away to a mentality is how many people can I help be better at what they're doing today sure. based on what I know. So there, there's a huge, I mean, the, the entire reason I'm doing this podcast is so I can help people understand about different hobbies, you know, what different struggles people have gone through to become an entrepreneur, to, you know, what struggle did they go through, what action they took to be the success that they are. And it, it's all about, okay, how many more people can I reach? And from that, more people of the reach, who is really, you know, in tune to listening to what I'm talking about? And find, yeah, there's definitely um, a, a difference, you know, in terms of yeah. like uh, a friend group versus, you know, in, in in the case of someone who's who's trying to build some kind of a whether it's a, whether they're like you said marketing mm-hmm. a, a podcast or just mm-hmm. wanting to put out information that's going to be helpful. Obviously, you want to try to connect yeah. and share that with as many people as possible, you know. Exactly. And that's why you know, like on, I mean, obviously, you know, on Facebook and Instagram and so forth. Yeah, there's there's tons of people that are just trying to do that they want to like self-help stuff or exercise and all Mm -hmm. these kind of things you can see that they're really just trying to push a positive message and the more people that that can reach i think uh that makes a difference i think but the key is i don't think those people at the same time are trying to find a meaningful relationship with that you know you're just kind of putting information out there and you hope that somebody you know has a better day for it yeah Um, that's true so the the one the other thing that um Gary Vaynerchuk mentions is, you know, communicate with people or reach out and do, because you can do that right now on LinkedIn. You can see, you can do searches based on your target audience. Like, hey, this might, this person might be interested in the product that I'm offering. They might be interested. So people are then putting videos up. And right now, Instagram is the hottest thing because of the many ways you can interact with people on there they have direct messaging they have ads on there and one of the people the reason people are trying to get more and more followers on instagram is as soon as you reach a 10k mark uh, on instagram you can uh, have links in your stories or you can have links in your um, videos that you post oh that's interesting so you can actually market products and things like that that you're talking about in your, yes. your videos and stuff. Okay. But, um, cool. For people who don't have 10,000 followers, they have to pay Instagram a fee and promote or boost their post. I see. Yeah. So then you can say, okay, what's the call to action? Do you want them to go to your profile? Do you want them to go to a website? Do you want to go, them to go to, you know, uh, where do you want them to go to? So it's really interesting. It's, it's a, I guess you could call it I guess you can call it Facebook's way of manipulating people, but that's what it is, right? Facebook wants your money and the only way they can get, get it is through advertisements. Yeah. I mean, you know, that to me is like if, when people complain about ads, uh, when people, you know, watching, even watching TV, when people complain about, about ads, it's kind of yeah. like, you know, somebody's paying for this thing to show up at your, on your screen to watch. Exactly. Okay. I'd say it's, and if you're not paying anything for it, then that means yeah. someone else is, and they're getting something out of it. And the case for the fact that, hey, we got a place to share our pictures and, and connect to our friends. The service is not cheap. It's coming, yeah. you know, it has a cost associated with it. Absolutely. And the, the way that majority of these companies make up for that mm-hmm. is by selling your information for ads and so forth. And that's just something that we're buying into, you know, and, and yeah. it's, a, unfortunately, it's a choice that you are, almost forced to make nowadays because mm-hmm. you know there's only these handful of places to connect socially you know whether there's snapchat facebook twitter yeah uh, and all of them kind of operate on the same model and and but if you want to disconnect from all of that then well might as well be a hermit because you're basically <laughs> out of the loop in everything you know yeah, yeah. So. 
and then you're depressed. <laughs> right. Well, or maybe not. Maybe you you finally achieve Zen at that point because you're yes, like <laughs> that's that's true too. Did you hear about these um, jail cells that are designed so you can like pay somebody and go live in a jail cell where you, <laughs> you have no access to internet, you have no access to phone, social media, and you provided food. Right. Well, you know, I mean, we are we are as addicted to these things, just like, you know, we were talking about how that red icon that shows up with a number next to uh, next to an app and it literally compels you as much as LSD would compel you or whatever to go check it and get that hit, you know, where that that ding or that noise that happens and it makes you feel good that you have so many likes and so forth. That is literally an addiction. You know, for so many people, and and it can become almost you know a lot uh, for most of us, it's something that we are able to manage and control. But just like mm-hmm. there's people that become alcoholics or become drug addicts, it can be something that they just can't. It just starts to take over, distracts them out of just being able to complete normal day to day tasks or just be focused at work. You know, exactly. Um, I've, I I know people that are like that that just can't focus at work without like you were talking to them for. 30 seconds and it mm-hmm. can't help but wanting to take out their phone and look at something you know yes. uh, and, th- and that's where you know in society we have to be very careful because there's all there's good there's that group of people that really can get into a lot of trouble just like people did with uh, the opioid epidemic and so forth, mm-hmm. you know uh, you just get addicted to these things and then you really do need to put yourself just like in a uh, betty ford detox center uh, you have these jail cells i guess where they just take your phone and mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a jumper, jumpsuit, blanket. <laughs> Thanks. You know, you can get your phone at the end of the week. Right. <laughs> like people want to be put in these places because they can't control themselves. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, so, and then, uh, and that's the scary part. I mean, we we are this generation that literally saw some from nothing to everything being connected. You know, yeah. and we were in this entire transition. Our kids. On the other hand, they're just born in this world. They are. And I think yeah. they're going to have a harder time finding ways to disconnect. Or maybe not. Maybe they're just more attuned to it. But I feel like I think they're going to have a tough time because they've just been, this stuff has been ever present since they've been born. You know, they don't know so, anything else. So here's the thing about that, right? They are, they have these luxuries of, say, YouTube, right? They want watch anything they are able to. So right. the advantage they have, in that, sure, they didn't see it coming because it was already there when they were, you know, when they were brought into it. The one thing that they can take an advantage of this is they have the time to, one, build an audience around what they love. Like if you've seen YouTube, there are channels where these kids or these people are just opening up toys They're just like the YouTube video is all about unboxing a toy and they have millions of hits because these kids are watching these toys being opened. So what's happening is these young kids, like, for example, I saw the video of your daughter and where she was uh, playing with this toy and uh, Play-Doh and she's like the way she presented the video and how she's using the toy and the tools to create this beautiful hair of this unicorn. And then at the end of the video, she's like, thanks guys for watching. Subscribe to my channel. Like that's ingrained into them, which means that they could be future YouTubers building their audience, building their own niche environment where they can grow as a influencer or as somebody who's teaching other people how to do things. Yeah. I mean, there, that is the one positive spin is that, that everyone pretty much become just like, you know, in the past you had a very select few people in the media that were the producers of content mm-hmm. and you had a much bigger audience of consumers. Now we have a much more democratized view of things where pretty much anybody is playing both sides. You can be a producer of your own niche thing mm-hmm. and you can also be a consumer at the same time and yeah. it spreads the pie 
and you get a lot of different views and a lot of different very specific things that you might only care about. Like I love watching, you know, here's another plug, I guess, for somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, but Linus Tech Tips, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you've seen his channel, whatever, but he's, he's basically a guy that does really detailed reviews of technical products and so forth. But he has sort of a niche of the mm -hmm. way he does his reviews. Yeah. That just really appeals to me mm -hmm. much more so than just the broad reviews that would happen uh, in, uh, in, on TV channels or some other thing before because they were trying to cover for a, a much broader audience. Exactly. But this guy does something very specific for a technical audience, mm -hmm. and he and that's the audience that you know I uh, I kind of fit into. So I yeah. I love that stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's 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 the power of uh, that's the power of the internet. I mean, uh, I was reading somewhere that every minute, three hundred hours of video is uploaded on YouTube. Every minute, right? So just looking at that number. What's the niche market on there, right? Who who's building their audience? And I was reading uh, side to side the video, and there's this guy out of um, Canada, Peter McKinnon, and he built up his channel from a few hundred subscribers on his YouTube channel to a million within nine months. And so this one guy, he broke down the entire formula. Okay, how did he do it? You know what worked, and because you, you got to test, you got to see what kind of content that you're creating is bringing in the audience, and then you got to have you know all these things in place. So as soon as somebody comes to the, your channel, they know exactly what they're getting versus what they're not going to get. And there's so many algorithms running on YouTube and. And they, they know exactly what video you watch and what video should be played next or recommended next. And based on that, you know, there's, there's so many new stuff popping up. Like I watch these video trailers from, for new movies and I'm recommended a review on the trailer and a review on, you know, what's going to happen in the movie and right. like other things like, Oh, this villain's this is you know leaked information. They're like, oh, this is gonna happen. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us have gone into that YouTube black hole where the yes. one video leads to another to another. And yeah, that's that algorithm at work. It just keeps exactly. giving you the things that it knows that are gonna pique your interest, and it's gonna continue to wanna make you watch. I mean, it's uh, it it is magic in some ways, but it, it's it's also a little scary. Like, okay, YouTube knows yeah. me pretty well. <laughs> you know, knows me better than I know myself sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, Elon Musk, he had an interview with um, Joe Rogan on his show, or or was it Tim Ferriss? Camera, I it, think, was Joe, it was Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe Rogan. And uh, you've probably seen it, right? He was like, you know, these are all smart engines. Google, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. They're learning from our behavior, uh, you know, and the advertising that are played. You know, they're learning. They know exactly who we are. And uh, Seth Godin, in his book, This Is Marketing, he talks about there's no privacy. <laughs> like, literally, there is no privacy. You might think there is, but there isn't because we're constantly giving away information based on what videos we watch, what ads we click on not to show, and, you know, links that we follow through. I mean, all of that data is compiled somewhere. They're using that. Yeah, and you know, and, and that's where, like, I would love to know, just like you get your uh, credit report. Yeah. It'd be awesome to get, like, a report from Google to say, okay, this is the kind of personality profile that we've generated <laughs> from your, from decades of collecting on you, what you search for, or what you, that would be so fascinating to look at, right? Just to see, oh, wow, be. this is what I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. And you know what? It's very possible. There are services out there that will tell you exactly who you are. And, you know, somebody says, don't Google your own name. <laughs> like, why? Because you'll get, get links to these services that will tell you exactly who this person is or who that person is that you're looking for. It's really cool. All right. So, oh yeah, that's pretty scary, man. Those are the places where you find out that oh, I can find out if I have a criminal record, what my past six addresses were, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. So, so that's that's the information you you want to look at, right? And and if it's 
if it's presented nice and beautifully in a in a visualization or a or an infograph, right? I'll take that. That's it. Uh, that's the next great idea, Janet. You you know, custom infographics that get made for you based on your internet personality. You know, just it, it shows your persona who you are. Right. Just goes web crawls through all that data and comes back with. Uh, nice. All right. So, Omar. You got some questions for all of our guests. Number one, what is one hobby that you wish you got into? Oh, that's an easy one for me, man. Because I, you know, I always had a real love for uh, drawing and art, mm -hmm. and especially comic book art. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, when I was younger, I really was into it. But you know, being a product of the Pakistani Indian community <laughs> uh, and having parents with kind of more rigid mindsets about what the expectation is from kids in terms of what they're going to study in school and so forth yeah. it just was never looked at it was only ever looked at as a hobby and never mm -hmm. something that i should try to pursue and i and i that's probably if i have a regret in life is that i never tried to do something with it you know like actually put myself out there create a portfolio try to see if i can get into the comic book world and so forth because that would have been truly uh something i i would have loved to have tried at least knowing that, hey, I tried it. Okay, it didn't work out. I, I, I didn't make it, whatever. But at least I yeah. know rather than having this big unknown. And a lot of it was just because my parents were like drawing. Why would you do, you know, what, what, does, what good is an artist? Are you going to make any money that way? Are you going to feed your kids, right? <laughs> type of stuff. Um, you should so. check out the episode I had with um, Errol Erdeman. He had very similar, you know, we talked about similar things. Right. And I have good news for you, my friend. You can still pursue a career in um well it, if it's not a career but at least see where it would go right so i know you know of dilbert yes yeah right uh dilbert is um a comic for those of you who are living young. in a black hole and don't know what dilbert is yeah <laughs> well <laughs> the the author for dilbert he wrote a really cool book and I'm skipping his name right now, but he was a book. So he, he wrote a book called the joy of work. Scott Adams is the name of the guy. And he's like, you know, he had a corporate life. Like he worked from managing manager, manager, you know, clerk position, clerk position, then he, he was just lucky to become a manager. And then he eventually started, he was like, you know, I really want to draw. So he started drawing and started doing these comics. And we know where he is now. Another example is a good friend of mine on, on LinkedIn. He was doing 30 days of napkin drawings. I think it was... Uh, so every day he would draw in a, you know, in his notebook, he would just draw whatever came to his mind and he would just post it on LinkedIn. So every day he had a new post with his painting. So that's one approach you could take into seeing where your hobby could take you. It just comes down to, okay, you just need to take some time out, 30 minutes, whatever, draw something, put it out there and see what happens. Yeah, and you know that's it, and you make a good point in that we live in this world now where you can't you have some kind of an audience. You know, I mean, why do you make a comic book because you want people to read it? Well, this is sort of a way to share what you are good at doing with the rest of the world and and yeah. then see how people like it. You know, I mean, that's kind of yeah. I mean, it might not you know it's not maybe doing it at a professional level, but it's at no. a level where it could be still very satisfying. Here's another one, dude. So I know of uh, my good friend, David Calvert. He had been writing a sci-fi novel, which he, 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 did, he wrote for like six months and sent it to his, uh, uh, he found an editor to edit it. And that book is now on uh, the iBook store or the iTunes store. And it'll eventually be on Amazon and, you know, published. So it was a sci-fi novel that he wanted to do. And, Right now, there's tools available for you to self-publish to Amazon, Amazon Bookstore, you know, Kindle, because just like I'm uploading this podcast to Apple, 
just like you can create a new product to sell on Amazon and eBay, you could do the same thing for books and eBooks and whatnot. So there could be something that you could start, like let's say you have a small story, you just make a comic book out of it. You know, it doesn't have to be too many pages. It could be like four pages. There's your story. You can put it up on Amazon. You can put it up on these platforms that are available and it's all free. It's all free to publish. And another one is uh, another friend of mine. Uh, he traveled with his child to like eight different countries. Right. And he's like, I want to do a children's book. He hired an illustrator and they just launched their first children's book called Through the Eyes of Om. And they traveled to Singapore. So I was oh, like, cool. oh, that's pretty cool. Another friend of mine was like, hey, I have this idea for this storybook where this little girl, a hijabi girl, she sees the world with her camera and she can take a picture and visualize it and, you know, decode it. So I was like, well, go to here, Fiverr.com, and you can find illustrators to illustrate your story. And she's right now working with an illustrator. She's got something going on and we're looking forward to checking out what's happening with that book. So there You know are, what I, I like the idea most is uh, that 30-day challenge. I think I'm yes. going to try to definitely do one of those things, maybe yeah. on Instagram or something. Just do something once a day. Why not? Yeah. See, where, see if it gets you back in the groove, you know? Exactly. I'll definitely share these links with you, you know, of what people are doing. It's pretty sure. amazing. Okay, what is your favorite movie or TV show? I probably already know this, but for our audience. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's really, really hard to pick one. But yeah. recently we were um, talking about something. And I think I think if I was going to say a movie that had the most profound effect on me was probably The Matrix. Because I mean, obviously, I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. And I love a lot of Back to the Future, a lot of great movies. Mm-hmm. But if there was ever a movie that I went inside with very little preconceived notions, because I think at the time I didn't watch a lot of trailers. Yeah. And what how I felt when I came out of that movie, I think I was a different person. Yeah, just because of some of the really interesting concepts that that movie talked about, this whole idea about, the, you know, our, our our world could be a simulation. You know, we are, at the end of the day, our brains are just connected via different sensors. That's how we observe the world. What really tells us that are we really not in some uh, container somewhere, sure. <laughs> you know, in a big tank full of thousands of other people just plugged into one big machine? And, you know... I mean, you get that feeling sometimes when you put on a VR headset or one of those things and you're like, wow, we were able to create this stuff that pretty much, you know, it's pretty close to making you feel like you're somewhere else doing something else. Yeah. How is it that this whole thing that we're living in isn't an illusion in itself, you know? So, so that movie was definitely fantastic. And if anybody out there in this world who hasn't seen it, please go watch it because it's uh, truly a, a marvelous experience. The sequels, you know, they're great, but they're, they could yeah. be... I mean, they can it helped close the yeah, story it's out. Not every, yeah, it helped close the story. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but the first movie just in its own is yeah. fantastic. It's, a, it's, it's brilliant. Absolutely. All right. Who is your su- favorite superhero? Favorite superhero has to be Batman. Yep. Batman. Um, is yeah. I mean, Batman, just because I think one, he really is super because of his, his mind, you know, he's yes. he's basically a genius mind to always outthink and outdo a lot of his uh, his arch nemesis, and he also lives by code, right? He has yes. this: no matter what happens, he always lives by that code. And I always found that very admirable. You know, I mean, Superman, all these other characters are great, but really, Batman is something you can really eva- imagine someone with the drive, the physical ability to possibly achieve. You know, yeah, uh, in this world, right? That's Kind of one thing I always respect about that character. Awesome. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? Oh man, that's <laughs> that's a tough one. I you know I'm not a big board game player. Yeah. So uh that's so let me think. If I could be any board game, I mean, yeah, I guess the real uh I guess the cliche answer would be, well I'd be a chess or something, you know, just because, <laughs> you know. Uh but maybe you know, okay, I would say there is one board game that I would pick. I don't know if you know Ludo, right? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I, a lot of people in the U.S. know that game. But Actually, yeah. the game is similar to Trouble. Ah, maybe. So I think the reason I would pick that board game mm-hmm. just because it was one of those games that I played with my grandmother growing up. 
Oh. And I have very fond memories of playing with that. Because that was one game she loved to play. And anytime you were bored, she'd be like, let's play this game, you know? Yeah. And she would get so into it and everything else. And I have some fond memories associated with playing with that game. So nice. I think I would pick that one. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people find you if they wanted to connect with you? Uh, I I really don't know. I <laughs> I don't have much of an online presence, but uh, I guess on Instagram you could maybe find me somewhere. But maybe you can put a link. Yeah, because you know, because the audience will want to follow your thirty day challenge of your drawing. There you go. Right. Yeah. So I think uh, we'll have to put a link in there because I, I even I don't know. I don't give out my Instagram ID. Enough <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> you can create a new one just for you this challenge. There you go. I like that yeah. idea. So, awesome. so we'll put it in, put it in the show notes. Yeah, you know? put it in the show notes. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for talking. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. And it's uh, really great. You know, I think for a lot of us, Jay, you've been doing this thing. And it's, it's a little inspirational, man, because I think we're all in the same age. We've all kind of been through this thing where we started families and our time became very limited slowly, slowly. And it's hard to find time to do the things you're really passionate about. Yeah. Seeing you do this is kind of inspirational for us all. And I think we're all going to try to adopt some of those same habits yeah. and hobbies that you're doing and hopefully <laughs> uh you know get more time for ourselves back exactly i think i should bring more family on <laughs> yeah this way you can get to know a lot of your family that you might be like i haven't talked to you in years let's, yeah let's chat. <laughs> why don't you talk to me on zoom <laughs> <laughs> all right man all right Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hexandhobbies.com website. 